You're listening to Give Me the Bible with Len. Today's program is entitled Boasting. Hello my radio friends. Welcome to the program today and I'm so glad you've joined me. One of the famous Aesop's fables is about a boasting traveller. And it says, A traveller, on returning home, boasted of the many and heroic deeds he had performed. Among those he boasted that when in the city of Rhodes he had leaped further than anyone else found possible, and that he could call upon many in Rhodes who could stand as witness. There is no need of witnesses, said a bystander. Simply pretend this is Rhodes and jump for us. Boasters, otherwise known as braggers, do what they do because in their minds it improves their self-esteem and they think others will think better of them. The Bible has some counsel about boasting and I'll deal with that later on. But Susan Krause Whitbourne is a recognised psychologist and has written a book called Search for Fulfilment. She has prepared a summary about boasting and why people boast. You may recognise someone you know as I share some of these points with you. The first type of bragging is where the bragger draws the attention of others to his or her great qualities. This is the least desirable way to brag and is the least likely form of self-praise to be believable and the most likely to violate social norms. Without confirming evidence, people are not likely to believe believe you when you say you possess positive qualities, such as being smart, well-liked or talented. There's no way of knowing for sure whether you have these qualities, and so they are forced to take your word for it. Even if the claims can be validated, direct bragging violates the social norm against portraying yourself in such a positive light. The second type of boasting is where someone draws the attention of others to something they have done. Maybe it was a lovely meal, learned a poem, bought a bargain, found a lost photo or won a prize. The third form of boasting is when someone indirectly draws attention to their own personal great qualities. Instead of claiming to have great personal qualities, they may think it's okay to say that someone else thinks they have great personal qualities. Number four is where someone indirectly draws attention something they've done. This is where social media, particularly through Facebook, comes in. A student may brag about himself or herself by claiming their teacher said their essay was one of the best of the whole class. Another form of boasting is where there is first a disclaimer, and it goes like this. I shouldn't blow my own trumpet, but... Your disclaimer, although it calls attention to the fact that others know that you're violating 
a social for norm of modesty. If you simply said, I won and I'm happy, people would accept that as an honest expression of your well-deserved satisfaction. Bragging type six is where someone attempts to impress others by showing not what you, but others close to you, have accomplished. The fine line gets crossed into personal bragging when people engaged in thinly disguised attempts to make themselves look good by aligning themselves with others who have achieved good things. Bragging type 7 is where you quote what someone else said about you. What was said may have been quite true, but the boaster gets a lift by reporting positives of what others have said about him or her, particularly when it can be verified. For example, the office staff all agree Christine makes wonderful pavlovas. When Christine announces she overheard the company director say to the manager that the strawberry pavlova Christine brought to the party was the best one he'd ever tasted, she, by reporting the overheard conversation, has indulged in a form of boasting. Now Susan Whitbourne adds a little advice here. She says, does this mean that you should never tell anything about any good that you've done? Must you always take the self-deprecating stance when describing yourself to others? Should that gold medalist hide her medals in a dresser door drawer forever? Given there are six unacceptable types of bragging and only one that is acceptable, the odds are definitely stacked against your favour for any type of bragging at all. If you must brag, you can choose number seven, as long as you have a reportable conversation with confirming evidence. It's also fine to report on your accomplishments if you are not, um, if you are sure you're not hurting anyone else. Finally, no one will ever fault you for being happy about the result of successful effort on your part. By not bragging, you'll also guarantee that they'll be even more likely to give support for your continued successes the next time. Well now, Jesus had quite a lot to say about verbal and non-verbal bragging in Matthew 23, verses 2 to 12. And so here is what he said. The priests and teachers are ordained to take Moses' place. So whatever they tell you to do, do it. But don't do it for the same reasons that they do it. They'll even ask you to do some things they themselves are not interested in doing just to show their authority. For example, they'll set up all kinds of ceremonial rules and regulations which the average working person has no time to carry out and they won't make the slightest attempt to help him by adjusting those rules. There are also things they do for show. That's why they like to dress in such colourful clothes. That's why they sit in the most prominent place in the synagogues and other public gatherings. 
They also love to have people bow to them and call them rabbi. Don't get caught up in honours and titles. There is only one who is to be honoured, and that is God. Everyone else is your brother. Don't look to anyone as your spiritual father or your spiritual source of strength, because there is only one source of strength, and that is your heavenly Father. In fact, don't let people call you master or teacher, because there is only one who is your master and teacher, and that is the Messiah. If you want to be great, then go and help your neighbour and other people in need, and be kind to them the best way you can. If you put yourself first, you will eventually be embarrassed. But if you put others first, you will be honoured. Now I've taken this passage from a paraphrased version of the Bible called The Clear Word. Perhaps another statement about boasting, again said by Jesus, sums up the whole issue of boasting. What he said is in Matthew chapter 6 verse 3, and these are his words. But when you give to the needy, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving may be in secret. Then your Father in heaven, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. The most outlandish boast ever was made by that rebel angel Lucifer. And we can find what he said in Isaiah 14, verses 12 to 14. And there's a little comment first. How you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn. You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to the heavens. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly, on the utmost heights of Mount Zaphon. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. His boast was that he would make himself equal to God, the creator of the universe. But the Bible in verse 15 adds a comment following that boast. It says, But you are brought down to the grave, to the depths of the pit. Lucifer, now known as Satan or the devil, is doomed. He's busy deceiving people at the moment, but his days are numbered. Revelation 20 verse 10 tells us, tells us that he, along with his helpers, will be destroyed in the lake of fire, never more to cause any trouble. Anyone who boasts claiming equality with God has to be severely irrational and deceived. God has no equal, although, as I shared with you recently, various claims have been and are being made that the Pope is equal to God. Can you believe that? 
Well, I can't. Jeremiah chapter 9 verses 23 and 24 has some excellent advice about boasting. Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom. Let not a mighty man boast in his might. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. It's good to recognise that we have life as a gift of the Lord. We do not have the power over life because we can't make it. Every breath, every heartbeat, Every mental response we have is because God has granted it. Mind you, it is best to value the life we are given and try to manage it as best we can by living healthfully, honourably, purposefully and recognising the one who gave us life in the first place. We're going to have a little break and go on straight afterwards.
It's worthwhile to keep in mind what is written in Proverbs chapter 27 and verse 1. It says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what tomorrow might bring. And that same thought is elaborated in James chapter 4, verses 13 to 16. Come now, you who say, Today or tomorrow we will go into such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make a profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, If the Lord wills, we will live and do this or that. As it is your boast, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. It's good, instead of saying, for example, I'll see you tomorrow, to say, I'll see you tomorrow, Lord willing. Or perhaps, I hope to see you tomorrow. For the reason that human life is fragile and no one can guarantee that they'll be alive on the following day. Have you ever heard the parable Jesus told about the rich farmer? It's found in Luke chapter 12. And he, Jesus, told them this parable. The ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. And he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store all my grain and my goods. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will demand, be demanded from you. Then who will get what you've prepared for yourself? And if you want to read that, that's Luke 12, verses 16 through to 20. We can make preparations for the future, but we cannot guarantee that we will see that future. Therefore, it is wise to accept God's will. The Apostle Paul has written about boasting in several of his letters to the churches. And here are two of his statements. First, in Galatians 6.14. But be it far from me to boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. And the second statement is from 2 Corinthians 10.17. And it says, Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. So what is there with the Lord that we should boast in or about him? Well, I think there are several important issues. Why we should boast about the Lord and not about ourselves. Firstly, we should recognise the Lord as our creator and as the one who gives us life. We owe our very existence to him. Secondly, we need to recognise the great love the Lord has for us. He made us, 
He sustains us. He has redeemed us. And he loves us greatly, even if we don't love him back. Thirdly, because of his great love, he was prepared to humble himself and leave the courts of glory in heaven and come down to this corrupted world in order to redeem us. Fourthly, we can boast in the Lord because of the great sacrifice by giving his life in order that we might have life, that is, eternal life. Fifthly, we can boast in the Lord because he's willing to forgive our sins, even though we may have disappointed him many times over. Sixthly, we can boast in the Lord because he has a plan for us. He wants each person to enjoy eternal life and be in his kingdom of righteousness, happiness and peace. Number seven, we can boast in the Lord for his beautiful example of living humbly and interested in the needs of others. Number eight, we can boast in Christ because of his invitation and assurance. No one is shut out from his offer of salvation. Number t nine, we can boast in the Lord because he is completely trustworthy. He does not go back on his promises, and what he promises is sure. Number ten, we can boast in the Lord because of the difference he makes in our lives. There are many who have lived as criminals, who've been ruled by lust, by drugs, by ambition, by sex, by alcohol and such things, who, when they committed to Jesus, became, as it were, new beings. In their new life with Christ, they found peace, joy, happiness, satisfaction and meaning. True boasting in the Lord is actually boasting of the Lord, boasting of his great attributes, boasting of what he has done for us and of what he is still doing and of what he's promised to do. It is, as Jeremiah 9, 23 and 24 says, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man boast in his wisdom, let not the mighty man boast in his strength. Let not the rich man boast in his riches. But let him who boasts boast in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, declares the Lord. May it be your experience that you will have good reasons to boast in the Lord instead of about yourself. <laughs> 